the holiness of wasting time in fruitful and life-giving ways is something that we have lost. Hi, friends. So as you may know, um, I really like magic, close-up magic to be specific. And, you know, I have dabbled in uh, doing card tricks and things over the years. And you know, it's been a while since I've done them. I've been a little out of practice. So I g went to grab my, my deck of cards that I used to practice. And I, I realized someone glued them together. Someone glued my, decks, my deck of cards together. And I just, I don't know how to deal with it. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 146. If you're confused as to what that was, that was a dad joke. Hope it brought you some joy. And if you didn't get it, maybe you can rewind 15 seconds and see if it strikes you new. Uh, anyways, so great to be with you. If it's your first time listening, please rate and review this podcast. It helps others find it. And if you've never done that before, please, I don't know how many times I have to ask, but it would be so lovely if you rate and review this podcast. It helps other people, as I said, find it. And the best way that other people can find this podcast is through word of mouth, through your own invitation. So please feel free to share this episode with others. If you do so on social media, make sure you tag us at Mana Food for Thought on Instagram, or you can go to our website and find all of our other social media information. And that website is manafoodforthought.com. All of our previous content is there, podcasts, blogs, our weekly Bible study episodes as well. And while you're there, you can click on the Patreon tab and become a financial donor for as little as $1 a month. And I want to give a huge shout out to our new patron, Debbie. Thank you so much for becoming a patron. We are so, so grateful. Thank you for your generosity and for your willingness to do that. I pray that this continues to be a blessing for you as you have blessed us. So let's get into joy, junk, and Jesus. Apart from uh, Debbie being a joy in my life this week, uh, also, uh, so we got an Instapot recently, been trying a lot of new recipes in there, and they have been so, so good. Uh, just mm, can't even explain to you how great they have been. Um a lot of a lot of joy, a lot of Jesus. Uh, we had a, a wedding. Um, our friends Nick and Emily got married, um, and I I've known um, them through ministry, and then um, knew Emily before her and Nick met, and then they got married at a place where I realized I officiated like a a civil ceremony back when I used to do that, um, like twelve or thirteen years ago at the same location where they had the reception. So it was crazy. It was like this whole full circle deja vu thing and just seeing how the Lord, I don't know, was able to bring me back there to a familiar place, but see how it was something totally new and a, it's a totally different kind of wedding. And this, this wedding was very uh, spirit filled and uh, faith centered. And that was really, really great. So a lot of joy this week. Um, junk. Okay. So here's what happened. My, my laptop was hooked up to the TV playing The Chosen. We're catching up on The Chosen because we don't. I don't know how to Chromecast or stream or whatever, so I have to literally hook my computer up to the TV with an HDMI cable. And my computer was like kind of balancing on the uh, entertainment center, the little thing that holds the TV up. And I went to disconnect the, my laptop, and my laptop closed and then fell and fell straight down and on the corner of it and the corner landed right on the top of my foot like right in front of my big toe on like a nerve or something and i crippled to the floor like crumpled in intense pain and it was just it hit me right in some like real sensitive area like just so bad um so i was in a lot of pain it was swollen 
Um, the next day it was really kind of hard for me to walk. Um, I went to the gym anyway to just try and like slowly walk on the treadmill and do the things that I could. <clears throat> so that was really, really a huge bummer. But like 48 hours later, no real pain. Um, I'm able to walk on it just fine, but it looks nasty. So it is, uh, it's definitely bruised in that area. So pray for my foot if you would, please. <laughs> um, and all those crazy things that happen and pray for my sweet son. He uh, was running around the living room, tripped, and landed face first on the edge of our leather ottoman and got a leather burn across his eyebrow, burned some of his eyebrow hair off, and got a massive black eye as a result. Uh, so that also looks much better now. That was a few days ago. So uh, by the time you're hearing this, it'll probably both of these things will probably be totally healed. But uh, prayer travels through time. So pray anyway, and your prayers will retroactively come and affect us. And we're so grateful. So that's my junk. Uh, praise God, things are, are going better. And Jesus moments, man, we got caught up on The Chosen. Highly recommend. Um, we had uh, our friend Stephanie over for dinner, which was really wonderful, seeing her off as she goes off to um, a nursing program. And uh, we had a, oh, an incredible Bible study last night. And on Sunday, we had a new parishioner gathering. And we used to do these every quarter. And I think the biggest one we ever had was maybe 30 people. There were over 60 people at this one. It was just incredible. So it's nice to see excitement and life in the parish and people excited to be here and learn about this parish that they want to call home. So that's really wonderful. So with all that being said, we're going to look at the second reading for this upcoming Sunday. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, we have a weekly Bible study episode that comes out on Thursdays that looks at the gospel and often incorporates the first reading. Every Tuesday, I put out a blog uh, reflection uh, on the website on the responsorial psalm for that upcoming Sunday. And so the main podcast that comes out on Saturdays is just a little kind of nugget on the second reading. So if you read the blog and listen to both episodes of the podcast, um, you are are being prepared and reflecting on all of the readings for that upcoming Sunday, which is really great. So um, at least I think so. Anyways, uh, second reading for this upcoming Sunday is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verses 26 to 31. Now, uh, Corinth was a huge city and trade epicenter where a lot of different religions and secular practices uh, or non-religious, I guess non-Christian, you could say, uh, lifestyles were being practiced. It was, uh, you know, I think 10 times worse than Las Vegas uh, on steroids. There was a, um, you know, uh, temple to, I believe, Aphrodite where there was uh, cult prostitution and sacrifice. And there was just all this stuff happening that was very... Um, antithetical to the Christian message. Okay, a lot of sexual immorality, a lot of division, uh, and a huge melting pot of all these different cultures, religions, languages, etc. That's who Paul is writing to here. Um, and so he's writing to this community. This is just in the beginning of his letter. Okay, so this is what he says. Consider your own calling, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Rather, God chose the foolish of the world to shame the wise. And God chose the weak of the world to shame the strong. And God chose the lowly and despised of the world, those who count for nothing, to reduce to nothing those who are something, so that no human being might boast before God. It is due to him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, as well as righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, so that, as it is written, whoever boasts should boast in the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
So what this reminded me of um, is another passage in the second letter to Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. I'm not going to read all of that, um, but I've referenced it often. And, and, you know, Paul in this section, he's talking about, you know, I, I've, I have reason to boast like it's just in my sufferings. And, you know, I have this thorn in my side and three times I have asked the Lord to deliver me. Um, and he said what the Lord says to him is my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'm content with my weaknesses for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so these ideas of this, this idea of kind of turning things upside down, you're going to hear this obviously in the gospel as well. We have the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, blessed are the um, um, merciful, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the clean of heart, blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. All these things are not things that are desirable by the world. I was saying this in a Bible study last night. Um, you know, the world wants the opposite of all that. The world wants wealth, power, influence, contentment, comfort. Uh, we're concerned about ourselves and not about others. We want to be beloved by the world. We do not want to be persecuted. Um, we want pleasure. We want the, the opposite of all the Beatitudes. And so when Paul is saying God is choosing the foolish of the world, the weak, the lowly, and turning things upside down, it shows you just how, how much that we have to be conscious of not being of the world. Okay, it's like the phrase goes that we are in this world, but not of it. And this reminded me of something that I used to say a lot in youth ministry when I would teach, you know, young people about what it meant to live the Christian life or what it meant to evangelize. And I I would say, you're forbidden from doing these three things, shining, whining, and reclining, shining, whining, and reclining, shining, meaning that this is not about you. Okay, this is not about your pride and how great you are and all the things that you do. Remember, God chooses the foolish of the world, those who are willing to lay down their own pride, those who are willing to be seen um, as uh, as outcasts or as antiquated or as, um, you know, whatever it is that people want to paint Christians these days. You have to be willing to undergo that persecution and be called whatever name is be able to stand boldly for your faith when questioned. Now, again, doesn't mean that we shove it down people's throats or that we unnecessarily, um, you know, assert it in situations where it is not wise or prudent. But whenever the opportunity is there, uh, we are reminded that this is not about us. This is about the Lord. And so I either need to step aside and let the Lord do his work, or I need to uh, lay down my own life, my own concerns, my own worries, uh, so that the Lord can, can speak and work through me. So we're not called to shine. It's not about us or us being the center of attention. God does not call the powerful, the talented, all these, you know, uh, people who are totally equipped and feel like they have it all together. No, he calls people who it's obvious, it's going to be obvious when God does something transformational in them. So what does that mean for us? That means we have to let go of all of those other things. We have to stop bragging about all our accolades and pursuing all of these achievements and self-aggrandizing things and putting them out there and telling people, look how great I am. No. If we do that, we're, we're not leaving room for the Lord to transform us. We're convincing the world that we are able to transform ourselves. And that is a huge mask for all of the hurt and the longing that still exists underneath because nothing in this world can satisfy but the Lord. So we can lie to ourselves for a very long time if we so choose. But if we're honest, we have to recognize none of those things really fulfill us. And if we want to really show the world and show others and experience real radical transformation, there's a lot we need to let go of. So no shining, no whining. Uh, I've never really met someone super holy who complains a lot. 
just haven't, you know, complaining is very self-focused, whereas the Christian is meant to be focused on others. And there's a difference between complaining and advocating for injustice, uh, because advocating for injustices is something that a disciple of Jesus Christ would do. But whining and complaining is different, and it's often very much from a place of entitlement, a place of woe is me, uh, why is this happening to me, again, very self-focused. So all of these, it's not about us, we don't shine, it's not about us, we're not going to whine. And then lastly, it's not about us being comfortable and reclining, that we actually have to get up and do something. We have to get up and act and work. I loved the message that our, uh, our pastor put out to our parish this past week. He records these, these little videos that go in our weekly emails on Thursdays. And last week, he, he just said this phrase that just stuck with me. God does not anoint the lazy. God does not anoint the lazy. He was talking about uh, calling Peter and Andrew and James and John. And while he called them, they were doing work. They were mending nets. They were catching fish. They were washing you know, their nets and, and, and whatever it was they were doing when Jesus called them. They were doing the work that they were responsible for. And in doing so, they had trained themselves in the art of saying yes in small ways to whatever the responsibilities were that God had given them and presented them with. And so when Jesus comes and makes this big ask, come follow me, it's easier for those who have been conditioned to say yes to the right things to then say yes to the big thing when it comes along than it is for those who are couch potatoes and sitting around waiting for life to fall in their lap, complaining that things aren't going their way and not doing what they need to do to be more whole and more healthy in all areas of their life, mind, body, and soul. And so those three things are things that like really came to the surface as I was reading that, you know, no shining, no whining, no reclining. And then the other thing that really it reminded me of is that the older we get, it seems like, especially in, in American culture, the more we lose the art of being silly. And by silly, I don't mean like unintelligent or idiotic, but I mean like playful, childlike, able to enjoy uh, things without a, a motive or a goal or a deadline, able to set aside the, the phone, the, the clock, keeping track of time and really just being in a place of real joy and presence and laughing with people. Um, you know, and I just, I, I love every night when, um, you know, I love my children, but I love when they go to bed, my wife and I, we get to sit and just, you know, watch something and hang out and just relax on the couch and be quiet for a while and not have, you know, children all over us. And, um, we often will watch things and just, I just enjoy making commentary and making her laugh and, And I enjoy laughing at the different situations that like, you know, we're able to point out about how odd some of these shows are or something like that, you know, especially when we're watching like, you know, if a commercial comes on or something, it just seems so like, I don't know, out of the ordinary, not realistic, you know, whatever the example might be. But it's just, I don't know, it's a reminder of the joy of that art of being silly. And having kids will will either remind you of how beautiful that is and, and call that out of you more. Or it might cause you to run away from it because you're, you get frustrated by the fact that your children are silly. And I think most parents fluctuate between the two. You know, sometimes, you know, I love being silly with my kids, but they don't know when to stop. <laughs> they don't know, like, when, 
when mom and dad don't have the energy anymore or it's not the appropriate time and it's like they've kind of like the snowball is already falling down the hill and there's no way to stop it and they're just going to keep going 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 until they reach some kind of explosive limit or outburst you know and so um yeah i think there there is ways that we can do it you know in a mature way <laughs> in a way that is not uh, obnoxious but i don't know i think there's just something to that 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 real authentic disciples have this joy that comes out of them that, you know, I think can look to the world to be very foolish, very, um, you know, infantile, but really is just this ability to have a holy silliness, a holy joy about your life to where nothing needs to be taken so seriously because when you have, like, God is simple. Following God is simple. Like, Yes, there's complicated things that we have to say no to living in this world, but the concept of it is simple. And when you get that and your whole life is oriented toward that, then everything else just matters so much less. And you can just enjoy and bask in that glory and be silly and not care what other people think. And so, you know, it made me think of what are the things, what are the qualities that this world sees as foolish? And you can list all of those beatitudes as well. Um, but... I, I made a list of, of things, you know, and, and see if, if these things describe you or not, because these are the things that I think the world would say is foolish, but that actually describe a disciple of Jesus Christ, what a Christian should aspire to be. And that is not caring what other people think, the ability to say no, being generous, even to the point where you are sacrificing as a result, being hum humble practicing humility, not trying to be the one who's the center of attention or always in charge or always up for the promotion, being pure, not looking to the pleasures of this world and to all the comforts and luxuries that we have available to us, being a person of discipline, being a person of faith and obedience. Those two words are like four-letter words in our culture that are very loaded and people don't like those words. They see them as very antiquated, but really all those things that may be seen as foolish for the world are really the things our hearts are longing for. And that's really what Paul is speaking to here. When he says, God chose the foolish of the world to shame the wise. He's choosing people who are willing to let go of everything the world says is what you should be attaining, what you should be seeking after. And to simply put yourself in a position where you can have a holy joy and silliness about your life. Qualities that are unapologetically antithetical to the world, but deeply rooted in following Jesus. And as a result, we do not shine, we do not whine, and we do not recline. We glorify God above ourselves. We seek to serve others and not complain about how we're not being served. And we are working constantly for the glory of God. Even if we're sitting and enjoying time with people, we are practicing the art of being present, of being fools for the Lord, so that we can laugh and enjoy time and be present. You know, holy the holiness of wasting time in fruitful and life-giving ways is something that we have lost. And I think that is really coming out for me in this passage. And so I want to invite you to think about what are some ways you could waste time in holy ways this week? You know, things that don't need a deadline, that don't have any set goal, that aren't going to give you any achievement or aren't going to be for your own benefit. Maybe spending time with a, a more elderly family member or an old friend or um, having some time in quiet to journal, going for a walk, 
um, you know, watching some of your 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 children, your young your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, uh, volunteering in the community, having people over uh, for dinner or for lunch, and just enjoying that time with them. Whatever it is, you know, working on a project. I don't know, but. I find that the more often I waste time, quote unquote, waste time, as the world would say, the more fruitful my life is if I'm doing it in joyful and constructive ways that have meaning, spending it with the people that matter most to me, doing things that have more eternal significance than earthly significance. And so that is my challenge to you, my invitation to you. I pray that this podcast continues to bless you and that this speaks to you in some way. That's all I have for you. And so know that I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. And until next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. God bless.